Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to the Adventure Incorporated Podcast. I am your Dungeon Master, Anthony Reed, and this is episode 254, and it is part of the Shadowfall storyline. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our patrons, patreon.com slash Adventure Inc. Adventure March is coming. And we're going to be doing all kinds of really cool live streams just a couple of weeks from now. Put them on your calendar. Thursday nights in March. Thursday night, 8 p.m., twitch.tv slash srsbiz underscore network. Head over there and uh, give it a favorite now so that you can just click the link that shows up in your email. The stuff that we are doing is the kind of stuff that we do for our patrons to give them extra value, to give them bonus material, and you need to go and check it out. If you like the stuff we do during Adventure March and you're not a patron, that is your preview. It's your 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 look into the window beyond so that you can come and join us in the Patreon, support the show, and get a little bit of bonus content back right in the same feed that the emails come in. The emails right in the same feed that the episodes come in. I'm going to leave that in because it's kind of like a weird, what a silly thing to say. Uh, you know, in the same feed as your emails. So, uh, but but come and join us and, and hopefully you'll find value um, as you give back to the show and let us do really cool and exciting things. Also during Adventure March, in addition to the Thursday nights at 8 o'clock where we have a bevy of exciting things going on we're going to have some contests which i will mention next week and we are also going to do a live q a the first thursday in april so adventure march is so big march is five mondays this week this year and so we're going to do five weeks even if we're poking a little bit into april april 1st we will also be doing a live stream five weeks of adventure march activity there's so much fun stuff going on. We, we absolutely want you to come and check it out. Come talk to us, say hi, and uh, be a part of everything that's happening. It's going to be a very exciting time. Uh, anyway, let's get started. Nobles and farmers, knights and scoundrels, gather round, gather round to hear a tale of excitement and mystery. Brave adventurers facing grave dangers. Keth the Monk. On a lighter subject, uh, how's the, the, the whole corruption of the Iora Church going? On a lighter subject? Yeah. <laughs> Gebetto the Rogue. We're basically family. So do you right. want to admit to your family that all you want to do is Gebetto. learn how to read so that you can read pornos? <laughs> Genevera, the sorcerer. Oh my god, guys, it worked. The High plan five. worked. High fives! Oh my goodness. Oh my god. We um, should have a plan more often. Asher, the druid barbarian. With my nipples? Why am I, are my nipples not convincing? Prepare yourselves, for this is the tale of Adventure Incorporated. Let's get started. Uh, so the four of you stand just at the edge of the village of mendicant savants uh, in Emberfall, in the northern mountain range. Um, you've been brought here by Patrick who, while he can't help you, uh, and he can't bring you 
to the world of, uh, you know, to the celestial realm, uh, he has to go back anyway. Uh, so he's just going to go back. And, you know, if you follow oh. him, he has no way to stop you. You know, he's not going to interact with you. That's, that would break the pact. So he's just going, and he's made it very clear to you that he is going and will have the way open for him. So uh, you followed along with him, <clears throat> and you stand just outside uh, the ley line to the celestial realm. Uh, as we didn't he... have to choose anyone to die this time? No, you are welcome in the village always from now on. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you already made that choice. Is Gillick secretly there and we actually sacrificed him? Uh, no. no. Good. <laughs> Don't put that on Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, Patrick. So, uh, yes. What are you most looking forward to uh, when you're back on the spiritual plane? Um... Honestly, I'm not really looking forward to this transition back to the spiritual plane at all. I don't think this is going to be a very good experience for anybody involved. Why not? War is coming to these people. Whether they are prepared or not, they will know that, and they will be making schemes. Oh. And I don't think that any of those schemes end well on their own. Got it. Um, so I've been wondering what do you think Marcus's kind of play is going to be in this? I'm why don't we play a game, Gibetto? Okay. Uh, you know, for me, I always think that it's fun to play a game where we pretend to be other people. Uh, yeah, 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 we, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So let's say you are a powerful being. We'll call you. Uh, well, no, you know, you come up with your own name for your powerful being. Hmm. I'm going to. Ooh. I'll call myself. Berkus. <laughs> okay, Berkus, you're a powerful being who loves secrets and knowledge. Uh, you're very fond of the color blue. Oh. It's just what I, you Can thought. I change my name? <laughs> nope. You're you're locked in now. Oh, uh you're Berkus and there's no I really no thought option. this was going a different way. Uh Genevera, do you want to play? Keth? Uh, Asher? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Jennifer, get, why don't you the, tell me your name? The, the oh, mage boy. man. Okay, mage man, you are a god who loves nature, uh, and you're really fond of green, mage man. Um, oh. Asher, uh, I'm gonna be Asher. Okay, Asher, <laughs> you love purple. And I guess seeing things. Okay. Uh, and I'm in. then, uh, and then, of course, uh, Kath. I, I want to be Malavander. Okay, Malavander. Uh, you. Let's see. Which. Let's see how we could shape your character for you. 
Uh, you are going to be uh, a wild-eyed, uh, fun-loving fae guy who loves games and tricks. Okay? Okay. Uh, so, first of all, Asher. Mm-hmm. Go stand over there, look away, and don't talk to us. <laughs> this is your character you're embodying. You're going to go stand make... over there, look away, and not talk to us. But I thought I'd get to see stuff, so shouldn't I go over there and look at you? Okay, yeah, that's fine. You can look. That's right. That makes total sense. Don't speak to us once. I don't like this, but okay. Okay. Now that that's done, uh, <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Mage Man. <laughs> now I've gotten myself confused. <laughs> Do you want a picture of it? Oliander. Oh, yeah, I made you Oliander. Okay. <laughs> Mage Man, you don't care about this world at all anymore. You have left it completely to its own devices. And I suspect that with the shadow returning, there'll be one thing and one thing only that you care about. And that is the destruction of shadow. And you don't care about anything that happens here in this place as long as shadow ceases to be. I don't care about like the dirt and stuff? Not anymore. Oh boy. And for you, uh, Berkus, you really, really care about the machinations that have been happening. You've put a lot of plans into motion in hopes that at some point they would all come to fruition and you could guide and steer this or this group in the way that you want it to go. Um, so... <clears throat> just so I can get better into character, what mm-hmm. is the way that I want it to go? That's the tough thing, because plans within plans within plans within plans maybe even obscure from you exactly what you want to be doing here right now because you hate it when things go not according to your plan. My best guess would be that you would like the world to continue to live and thrive because that's the best way your plans keep happening. That's so Burkus. Classic Burkus. You're not here, Asher. You're over there not talking to us. <laughs> okay. Do Keth now. Do Keth now. Okay. Molly Ander. Uh, I can. What I can tell you for your character is that you are very invested in making sure that the people of this world don't die horribly in whatever way you can make sure that happens. You've grown fond of these people, and you really, really love it if they don't stop living. I would love that. Now, let's say that I'm Mercus. You're Mercus! That's the name I'll take. (laughs) Wait, uh, Marcus? Yeah. So we've got Burkus. You have to describe yourself. Oh, right. Uh, I will say love killing things (laughs) and war and burning the land because shadow is my enemy. Kill man. I would rather thrust a sword through the world and break it open and release my sleeping brother than give one care about any of the people who live here. Wow, Patrick. 
That guy sounds like a real dick. Mercus's focus, this character, Mercus, his focus is really going to be on stopping the shadow no matter what. And I think secretly, he really doesn't care for the Fae that much either, or maybe openly hostily does not care for the Fae that much either, and will probably seek to undo the one thing that they ever did that he can't stop because he's tied to the pact. Oh, and that's the greater races, right? Well, it is the putting away of his very close brother. Oh, okay. So it's not like a... Yeah, let's pretend that there's someone who sleeps in the world uh, that is a dragon, and we'll call him... Gorm. That's a dragon name. Dragons are named that. <laughs> okay. And Sleeping Gorm is living in the center of the world, and he'd probably be like, let's get that guy out of here. He's been looking for an excuse for like a thousand years to make that happen. So this sounds like a good one. And so how do we make Asher come what? join the conversation? I'm really bored. Asher, you're not talking to us. Don't talk to us, Asher. All right. I don't how really, do we... I'm not... He's right, though, because how do we get Asher? Because it looks like we have me and Keth who don't care how the shadow is stopped. So we'll destroy the world to stop shadow. And then we have Gebetto and you who wait. No, sorry. Me and you and Gebetto and Keth who want to make sure that the world keeps going and people don't die, but also probably want to stop shadow. So it feels like a split vote. And, and there's like an additional complication in this. Oh, yeah. Nobody talked about... Um, there's got to be one more, right? Uh, there's got to be one more. He looks around and he sees like just a mendicant. And he's like, that mendicant over there is playing two characters. <laughs> Lucky. He's going to play two characters at the same time. And this, this is the complication that makes everything all the more difficult. A year ago, I could have told you exactly how that mendicant over there would have impacted this discussion. My people live a long time, and we have the same conversations over and over and over and over again. The conversation has undoubtedly changed, because that mendicant over there is no longer playing one character. He's playing two characters. And I have no idea how that would affect what we're talking about here. Because in the old times, that one character would have sided with those of you who care about this world. And care about the people that are on it. It's why things like the Pact were so easy to maintain for so long. Now that person is two people. And I don't know what that means. And I don't know what you're walking into. In this hypothetical play conversation we're having right now. Okay. <clears throat> well, as Berkus, who probably wants things to continue as they have been, um, allow me to open the conversation by saying... 
Hey, Asher. Hi. What are you doing? Nothing. Now, Asher, remember, you will not respond to anything you hear from these people. Oh, sorry. Thank you. You know what, Asher, why don't you take a few more steps away? Uh, uh, yep, just keep going. Hold on. Like that? Nope, just... Like yep, that? a little more. A little more. How about closer? No. Nope. Nope. Perfect. Like right what? there. Perfect. What's the, what's the deal? I don't know. I can't hear anything now. Yeah, good. That's good. Uh, what's the deal is that we, Asher, is not really one of the council in this way. Asher, Asher holds Asher apart. In a way, Asher might be the most powerful voice that could be heard here. But Asher chooses not to use it. I feel like it's your fault I'm not involved in this conversation. Yeah, it is and it isn't. We're, it's a thing. Okay. Huh. Okay, and so if I'm Berkus and mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Mollyander over there, both of us know that we need someone, why wouldn't we try to get Asher to come hang out with us. What? Because it's a little bit like trying to get a rock to talk to you. Well, your ability, let let me delve into your history with Asher, just for your character's sake, so that when you're playing this character, you really know what's going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that'll help us all. When you came to being, well before anyone who remembers any of that, you know, you, this was a long time ago, but when you came into being, Asher already existed. And Asher already, already separated itself from you and from your siblings. There was already this gulf, this distance. It is what Asher's connection to this world is from the people here is seen to be much closer by the people, than it really is in truth, which only seems to affect you and your siblings. By the people here seeing Asher as one of you, to you, Asher is one of you. To Asher, that's not true. Hmm. Or... So I understand. Because, let's put it this way. Your character has been around much longer and is much more opaque than I would have access to. Sure. And so that should tell you even more about the one about Asher. I feel like you're talking about me, but I don't know why. 
I am. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about what? 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 Don't worry about it. He's fine. <laughs> um. Oh, boy. So. <laughs> that... So it sounds. Yeah, this sucks. Yeah. That, that Wait. sucks. That's what I was going to say. Is it really? No, no, oh, no. But I was going to say, agree. wow. <laughs> yeah, we really are on the same page. We're just on the same Mollyander. That's right. Berkus. <laughs> <clears throat> so we have Mo- myself, Mollyander. We have Berkus. Maybe part of the mendicant over there. Well, yeah, one of the one of the two, maybe. Right, and, yeah. and I should say this about the mendicant over there. Uh, things have changed with the mendicant, and I don't know where the mendicant falls, but I do know this. If the mendicant was still one person and was just playing one character and had undergone the change that it was taking, we would be guaranteed which side it would fall on. And it would not be helpful. Hmm. In the old days, it would have been helpful. In the recent days, let's say there was a mortal who had changed the nature of that mendicant. That would have been bad. That another mortal might have created two entities instead of one. Could be good, could be bad. It's kind of my favorite part. If you're asking, what's my favorite thing I'm looking forward to? Figuring out what's going on with that. That's my favorite thing I'm looking forward to. In this hypothetical game that we're playing. Right. Right. My favorite, my favorite part about going back to the spirit world is playing this game with you guys and figuring out what's going on with that (laughs) mendicant. Jennifer is like in her notebook and she's got names written and arrows drawn and lines circled (laughs) and like question marks and like it's the it's a real who is pepe sylvia moment <laughs> in, in her notebook and she's just stressed she does Do not you... like speaking in hypotheticals uh Gibetto puts a hand on top of his forehead and he says okay uh patrick this is Gibetto speaking outside of the game uh, i think we need to bring asher the person back into the conversation now um because i think i i think the visual is clear um okay asher what and gibetto motions for him to like run over hi he's so far away you hey bud uh what come on come back here no, Patrick told me not to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, I'm not hey, going to fall for this. Hey, Asher, it's me, Gibetto. Uh You can tell I have my hand on my head. Uh, that, I, that means I'm out of character right now. My hand's on my head, but I'm still Asher. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, Patrick, Patrick, uh, he's, Patrick's like, I'm not moving. He just increases the volume of his voice. Uh, like, supernaturally, it echoes out from him. And he's like, Asher, you can come back now. 
Wouldn't that break the... Did we figure it out? Oh! <laughs> and Asher runs back, being like... Okay, so what's the plan? Well, what's the plan? <laughs> well, it seems like... <clears throat> the one you're playing... Oh, should isn't I go back? Gonna, nope. Okay. To, don't... <laughs> Isn't going to be a big help uh, unless we can figure out a way to make them a big help. It was a role I was born to play. <laughs> <laughs> a non-participating role. <laughs> you nailed it, bud. You were really good out there. I was bored, but I'm glad I could help. Uh Patrick, just so. Mm, hey, just uh, back in game. Oh, sorry. Hold on. No, no, no. <laughs> Shit. No, this is the right thing for him to do. <laughs> do you think I, that might be it? Do you think Caliesto might be bored? I thought this was who's Caliesto. Sorry. Do you think? Do you think Asher might be bored? Um, I don't know. Because I don't really have a frame of reference for Asher's character, which is mostly why I want him to go over there. Like, and I understand Kath, that, that Asher's... Was was your thing out of character or, or in character? <laughs> uh, in character. Ooh. Uh, Marcus? Yeah. How uh, did that mendicant over there? Do you feel like that mortal? Uh, hmm, hmm, I guess I didn't get a clear picture of whether or not the uh, kind of mendicant a year ago is now pissed off at all the mortals nowadays and would not want the mortals to live. And we don't know what the uh, new character that he's playing is, uh, their intentions are? Or did I confuse that? Let's do something fun. Uh, sure. Back in the old days, that mendicant loved darkness. And he was real into darkness. And when he was super into darkness, he loved everyone. Because darkness is everywhere, right? And so he would have been very supportive of keeping people here. And then he started to love bones. And when he fell in love with bones, he would have killed everybody for their bones. Oh, I saw and that now... traveling play. All 12 seasons. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like a king of the lab. And so you've got uh, now he loves darkness and he loves bones. And He's mixed together, and we don't really know which way he's going to fall. Oh, I love that traveling play. Cool. Asher, you're not here. Stop talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> that answers the question. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, the listeners are going to fucking hate this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's so confusing, and that's very Patrick. <laughs> yeah, even I am Stephanie. I've lost. <laughs> I've lost track of who's what. I just so, like, I, I, get I get it. it. So I have Wilson, it written like, down, but I am like that. That's but, where you lost me. 
I wish I we had bones, Iora. <laughs> Man, yeah. Let, <laughs> let, let me parse this uh, because it will be important, and I just want to make sure it's clear. Oh, uh, and we've done a very bad job at that so far. <laughs> we, but we had fun. We, we. Uh, uh, yes, I'll say we. Uh, <laughs> I know what's happening here. Javetta's confident. Mike's confident. We're good. So, Oleander, Oleander, uh, not happy with the world Mm -hmm. Uh, in general, uh, seems to have uh, uh, lost any sort of love or passion for it. Um, Mercus is on a tear looking to uh, undo what the Fae did against Hayrix, and he was ready for a full assault on the Shadow, no matter who gets hurt. Um... Salius has a lot going on, a lot of plans, a lot in motion, and the plans that she has put in motion, like the pact, have uh, are very important to her continuing to keep things moving along. She has been a staunch supporter of keeping uh, the Celestials out of people business. Uh, Vorilian is just interested in sort of the greater good of the greater races of Numerita. So uh, that he falls on that side as well. In the old days, Iora would have been all about the light of, of humanity uh, and, you know, greater racity. Uh, now, then there was a transition to blood where it was a lot worse. It would have been a, a bad time. Now as a dual entity, it is unknown. Caliesto is removed from this equation uh, as far as Caliesto is concerned. <clears throat> The other gods would welcome Caliesto to the table, but that isn't the world they live in, and they don't expect it uh, because they've been trying for thousands of years and it hasn't happened yet. So, and the reason, part of the reason they're trying is because man's worship of Caliesto makes them feel like Caliesto is one of them. Is that yeah, humanity or well, the greater races have basically put Caliesto in the pantheon. Yeah by worshiping Caliesto as part of the Pantheon. And because of how, of how we worship, or how they worship, that influences how the gods see them themselves or their behavior. And Okay. Who the fuck Correct. is worshiping Mercus like an asshole? LeBron. <laughs> yeah, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, LeBron. Uh, real muscle heads. Uh, <laughs> if your dad had a, uh, had a greater race god, it would have been Mercus. Um, if there was an equivalent of truck nuts in Numerita, <laughs> that, that person would worship Marcus. Cart nuts. <laughs> Cart nuts. <laughs> Just like a real D-bag is who would worship Marcus. And like maybe a general. <laughs> yeah, I feel, like is, I feel like Marcus is one of those gods you go to out of necessity. Yeah. You know, in the same way that, like, if you're a farmer, you have to pray to Oleander, even if you, like, you don't buy it. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you're a fighter, you have to pray to Marcus, like, every once in a while, at least. Um, okay. Man, far- farmers must be struggling in this world. Fucking Oleander just doesn't care about anything. Like, there's just been no bountiful harvests yeah. in many years. Yeah, um, hey, mage man, 
why don't you care anymore? What happened to you? Um, I like I this. Saw yeah, everyone, let's, let's do some character development. I saw everyone building buildings on my grass, and they were they they were they are they're taking up the grass and they're cutting down my forests and I'm and I'm like if they don't care about my grass why should I yes and oh good patrick that's a that's that's good somebody's been to spell slingers <laughs> <laughs> dude keep going Oh, that, that was me? Yes, and me? Oh, yeah, that, yes. That, that's how that works. Good so far, <laughs> and... No, you you have to add the and. Okay, let's say that there is another group of people who are very strong, but they're not your brothers and sisters. And they have bound themselves to the land in a oh. way that made uh, you less important. In people's eyes. Oh my god, Mageman, you're jealous of the Tezcatlipoca? Uh, Tezcatlipolka. Huh? Yeah, oh, yeah. Tez, tez dog. Oh boy. <laughs> El. El. El Polka. Polka. <laughs> yeah, I hate that guy. Well, it's like, like a bunch of guys. I hate, I hate those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep standing over there. Uh yes. And also, uh not just the uh Tez dog la jazz, but also maybe those who brought them here and are bound to the land in some capacity as well, even if they were gone for a great time. Oh, this really does have a lot to do with Asher, I think. Like Asher, Asher, Asher out of character, Asher, not Asher in character, Asher who's who's being the Asher of the. Why are you saying my name so much? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like, it... <clears throat> Mage Man, do you mean that you're mad about the Sylvan, or? Yeah, I think that's the one. The Sylvester's. Well, maybe. But they're just people. People are people. But the ones who made the Sylvan the Sylvan. Now those would be someone you could be mad at. Wait, you're mad at the Fae too? I'm mad at the Fae too? Me and me and Mercus are super mad at the Fae. That's not going to help us. Well, you're right. <laughs> Especially not. Oh, they're going to be real upset when they find out that Herrick's angels are Fae now. If they don't know that, it would be real best not to tell them. Because, yeah, they're going to be real mad about that. Not tell them what. Oh, he needs to know this. Patrick, this one, he needs to know it. Uh, Patrick puts his hand on his forehead and then makes his (laughs) voice boom again. (laughs) And he's like, Asher, you can come back. All right, we, we what's what's the plan? Yeah, uh, Gibetto's got his hand on his forehead. Uh, so we can't if they don't bring it up, 
we can't bring up the the whole Fay uh, taking Herrick's angels thing. Oh, that seems like a bad idea to bring up. Oh my god, why did you think I was gonna say that? I mean, you. Oh my said, god. I mean, I'm not naming you know. the dragons. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'm I just I got worried, and I thought for sure uh, that was something that wow. uh, we all. Wow. We all needed to be on the same page for. Oh, Asher, we just need you to name this new god, uh, Jeff Stolen Dragons. Uh, <laughs> I haven't named. I haven't suggested Jeff for any of these hypothetical game players that we're playing. So I feel like I've made a lot of progress as a character. I mean, you did pick Asher. That, that feels like maybe you didn't. Well, I did. I resisted the urge. <laughs> Jeff or Asher, Jeff or Asher, Jeff or Asher. Like, uh, <laughs> you're just lucky the, I didn't do a Jasher. The sweating guy standing over two buttons. One says Jeff, one says Asher. Uh, All right. Do I have uh, to go have we, have we Have we done everything um, in this game that we're going to be able to learn about ourselves? One- uh, one question. I want to like maybe try and uh, Mercus. Have you noticed that that mendicant nowadays is just all about getting attention? He just loves getting worshipped. Like the new side of of, of that mendicant is that it's kind of, kind of just a egotistical sort of. As long as people are devoted to them. So here's the real problem. I don't know anything about that anything. mendicant because okay. I've been with you. Marcus has right. been You've been with Wait. <laughs> I've been in your heart the whole time, Jibel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that oh murder. this is Wait. <laughs> your hands not on you... your forehead. I'm very confused. No, I know. Uh <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> He puts his hand on his forehead. <laughs> he, he, he repeats, I've been with you. <laughs> I think I'm ready now. <laughs> yeah. I think. Ma- Mage Man's ready. I had walked back to the spot that I was supposed to be. <laughs> Bless you. Okay, well, um, no matter what, I have to go. So. If you have any last questions, now's the time. And if not, I'm going to open up this barrier and pass through. Now, usually it takes like it's instantaneously. It'll close back up. But I've been having such a hard time with doorways lately uh, that I just I'm going to fumble with it a little bit. You know, so stay back and don't come through because otherwise you'll wind up in the celestial realm. Okay. Genevera says, okay, and, like, does a real big dramatic wink. Oh, don't do that. No, oh, no, that's don't do too that. Much. No, that's too much. He puts his hand on the wall, and a glowing symbol appears uh, Asher, in Asher, golden come here. light. Why? No, come, come over here fast. What? Hand on forehead, come here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great visual bits, y'all. So uh, Patrick steps into the glowing portal. Uh, Gibetto follows. Genevera follows. Uh, Asher follows. Kath follows. Realizing now what's happening. The mendicant follows. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness we have some goods to buy. (laughs) He follows twice. Oh, no. Uh, I think we've misinterpreted this metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) I was Aora all along. Uh, So the four of you step through the gateway. Um, There is a twisting, a pulling, a crushing, uh, a stretching golden light flashing in your eyes. And then you appear standing on a cliffside, uh, like on a bluff, looking down over a lake. uh, A beautiful scenery in the sky above you as it shimmers between blue and purple. Uh, Behind you is a long building. Uh, of which it sounds like you can hear the sounds of like eating and singing and uh, celebration. Uh, It's probably 800 yards away. Uh, Like it's far away, but you can see it and it's huge. Uh, And the sounds seem to be just echoing out onto this rolling field on top of this cliff that you're standing at. This is the same place you came before when you were in the Celestial Realm. Maybe that's the pre-meeting feast and festivities. That sounds fun. That does sound fun. Y'all want to head that way? What are, what's, literally, what's the plan? Yeah, what's the plan? Uh, I don't know if that's how the many pennies work, (laughs) Gebetto. Like, so we understand, like, what's what all the gods want and what all they're going to do. But we don't really have a plan to change any of that. Or, like, fix it at all yet, right? We want them their help, like the Celestials' help. A way to get their help potentially or allow them to do it is to break the pact. Virilian can break the pact, but I'd love for everyone to be on that, like for that. If that's what we're gonna do. Uh can Virilian can break the pact and Salius wrote the pact. Can we sure. rewrite the pact? As opposed to just breaking it open and then I assume one of the the angry gods will just split the world in two. I mean, I mean I, I isn't hope... the new Iora all about balance? Wouldn't it well, be about like maintaining balance in the universe, the forces of nature, which are not really good or evil? Yeah, I don't know. I bet, this is celestial bet... stuff, and I never know. I what don't if... think Iora would want to destroy the world. I mean, I think half of Iora definitely does. I think you'd want to torture. I half of the world would want to be tortured, right? <laughs> got the impression, just going all those services, uh, that they want to be worshipped. They want to be utterly devoted, mind, body, and soul. Um, and if they don't have people anymore, then they can't have that. So that's kind of how I'm. I think we could appeal to Iora's new side, and the old side hopefully will just agree with us. Do we want to try and split the gods to find out what we can from them? 
Uh, sure. I what would, are you thinking? If we do that, I would really prefer if I am not with um, Marcus and Oleander. Just considering. And she like gestures to herself up and down her little dragon wings and her sure dragon tail and her total fayness now. Um, uh, yeah, but mm. they might not, they don't know about the break. Do you think they can tell that? I, I'm afraid you... they, they could. Yeah. And it... I'm afraid that they're like, well, you're part, you're dragonborn, so you're a celestial. Yep. I mean, celestial. they're going to know, yeah, they're going to know you're not a celestial. Well, no, I know you, but Will you're they? tied to, like, you know, you know what I meant. Yeah, like, dragonborns aren't. Celestial, right? No, but like, I'm just saying, yeah, like, like the dragons were tied to the celestials. You guys know what I'm saying. I I get what you're saying, and it's sort of the same thing as maybe I shouldn't also because I'm a tool of the Fey, but not necessarily of the Fey. Whereas you are more. Well, but then like Jibeto is all these. You know, of the Fey. So then, yeah, what is you're that? Just also of Kef? the Fey. Yeah. So I'm the I'm I'm, I'm not. But you're so also. I got this. But I feel like you're Iora. <laughs> no. Patrick, Leave it to me, guys. <laughs> I'm just Patrick said them. straight up that the Sylvan are just people. Right. Oh. Well. I'm just oh, really... you were. You were being <laughs> Asher. Uh, yeah, I was yeah, being Asher, so, and I wasn't being Asher. Right. Uh, during that time, uh, turns out Sylvan are just regular folks, like you know. Um, okay. Is, then I'll talk to them. They're just old. I'll talk I'm to just the dumb afraid gods. of the newness of this shift that I will be sweating a lot and they'll be able no. to tell. That makes sense to me. If we were to split, Gibetto, what were you thinking as far as the split? Um, well, I was kind of hoping that Asher would talk to Oleander as a you know, an earth to earth kind of guy, you know, like both uh both are kinda in touch with the ground stuff. Uh Dirt. Yeah. It's great. Dirt boys. Dirt boys. Uh and then <clears throat> that was really as far as I had gotten. Uh Keth. <laughs> uh, I think I aura. <laughs> I was gonna I was Okay. Um, Who were you thinking, Marcus? Fucking, you were thinking Marcus, weren't you? I was, I was thinking Marcus. Yeah, but yeah, I'll, I could do that. There is a shimmer across the sky of blue and purple uh, as it darkens and deepens and then shimmers back. And something comes seemingly from that place, from up above, like a streak of purple energy from the sky. And it slams down in front of you. And the being, all in purple, with wings of glowing dust on its back, rises up. And it says, It has been some time since I have seen you. 
I was really hoping you'd show up. You have come far. Since the time we spoke. All of you. Jennifer, like, bows. Like, really <laughs> awkwardly. Like, you know... She just kind of is like half bent over and her <laughs> arms are flailing out all over the place. Like you're trying to bow and do a curtsy and it's just sort of like... Bleh. Yeah. <laughs> there are great things in motion here. Yeah. Um. I mean... So like, you know... I assume uh, what we were doing just before stepping through uh, onto this place. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I thought Asher did a a great job. Uh, you know, uh, all things considered. And he smiles. You are owed a debt. There was once a choice you tried to make. And my master stopped you. She asked you to make a different choice, which you have made. But in doing so, you are now entitled to ask of her a different choice as well. I am here that you might call that in if this is the time. And if it is not, I will take my leave. Chipetto, uh, I don't know why you're looking at us. I don't know if there's going to be another time. Yeah, I feel like this is exactly the time. I don't know what the choice is, but I know that this is probably the time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, all right. Uh we we'd like to uh phone a friend. <laughs> I take the four of you now to do a thing that no mortal celestial bay or shadow has ever done. You will stand in the presence of one of the greatest beings in existence. Behave yourself. <laughs> Beams of purple light wash over you. Asher goes gaunt white, but you can't tell because there's a big flash of purple. Asher is somehow the most purple of all of us. Yeah. It's the syrup that came out of his pocket. Yeah, <laughs> Kind of floats up. In a moment, you are standing on a sheet of glass. All around you, purple and black and blue swirls, dotted with stars on the sky. The angel still stands before you and it seems to move a hand outward and the glass under you begins to move, rushing you through this place. You are quite safe. I assure you. It's difficult to assess things like, like speed because of, you know, you're just in this empty void. Uh, but just from the sensation, the feeling, uh, it is a blinding speed that you travel through this empty void. 
through this place. There is a sudden quick flash uh, of like a graying around this box. And then you are passing through fire and uh, the blasts of uh, energy as creatures move all around you in evocation. And then graying again and you are back in that empty void passing through the blue and the purple and the stars. <coughs> and you continue to move outward. You can't see anything else in this space, but you just feel that there are energies around you echoing in this emptiness. Before long, the light begins to grow again. And the angel puts up a hand and squeezes it shut and the light blasts out. And then in front of you, almost imperceptible, is a single eye formed from the same dust and energy that you see the wings on the back of the creature. But the eye is massive. It stretches out as far as you can see in most directions. And it just blinks in front of you. And the voice rings in your head. It almost causes you pain when you hear this voice from how powerful it is speaking into your mind. Bearing down on you. I have been watching. Then you know. There is something happening here that does not happen anywhere else in all of the worlds that I gaze upon. Something happened here. Something different. is fascinating to me. Do you know, little ones? Do you know the extent of what you face? I've got a pretty good idea, but no. I felt it once. And you saved me from feeling it again. The giant swir eye swirls into various shapes, and you can still hear the voice as in front of you the scene is played out with figures made of this dust. You see Lanyer and the elves and the fae pushing back through, uh, closing the gate of shadow on the material plane. The voice in your head says, the creatures of the Fae fought the creatures of the Shadow. They sealed them away. And for a time, that was enough. The Fae retreated, for they knew that they would be the better line of defense in their own lands than they could ever be on the material plane. 
and when the shadow found its way out of the realm of shadow into the astral plane, it found its way in to the realm of the Fae. They pushed through, and the Fae held, and for a time, it was enough. When the Fae found a way to stop that, to seal away the last that came through, they missed one. One small fleck, one piece of the shadow that rested between worlds, caught here in the astral plane. And the shadow did what the shadow does. It reached out to the space around it. It touched the astral plane and it changed it. It altered it, consuming it, transforming it, making it into the shadow like it was. And slowly that fleck of shadow became something more, something larger than shadow has ever been. Something bigger, something greater than all of the creatures of shadow ever were together. For it held within it all of the strength of the shadow by itself in one. As it searched the astral plane, it found its own home. It could not break the barrier. The ethereal plane kept it out. But it was able to reach its tendrils in, touch that world, and gain the strength of the plane of shadow for itself. And while it could not touch the material plane, it found little ways to speak to the hearts of the greater races. Tiny touches upon the world to leave its mark, to grow seeds that allow it to bypass the ethereal planes that we built to protect these realms. And now it has done what I have not seen a creature do ever. It has found its crack, its opening, and it has poured itself into your world. I can't help but watch everything that happens in this multiverse. But my attention has been here, watching this unfold. There is so many questions I still have about this thing. About what will happen next. You built this place, right? I did. How do we seal it back up? 
The astral plane is not a thing that can be sealed. It is a container. It holds the other planes of existence. What has happened here is something has fallen in between the cracks, in a way that should not have ever been able to happen. But now that it has, I don't know that it can be undone. Well, then how do we fix the cracks in our world? Because if it can't, if it can gain power from here, and it can gain power from destroying ours, how do we fix one problem so we can find the next solution to the next problem? What I know is, first of all, that I don't know. I don't know what happens next. I don't know how you solve this, or truly if you do. But I do know this. A creature that now exists, this Lord of Shadow, the Anomaly, the one who should not be. He is more powerful now than you can hope to ever destroy. His strength cannot be stopped. Not by you. Not by the Celestials. Not by the Fae. His power has been unchecked for too long, and he has grown beyond where there is anything that can be done. To destroy it would be folly. I do not tell you this to strip you of your hope. Though if it is your will to destroy him, then perhaps it is best that you don't. Hope, that is. There's not a way we can destroy the entire astral plane, is there? Certainly. You could wink this reality out of existence. And that would take him with it? Indeed. And then We he's... would sever this from divination. That it would not touch any of the other realities of this multiverse. And then we would crush this reality, so it would no longer exist. Wait, no. But we want our... Wait. Wait, but when you say reality, you just mean the astral. You don't mean our, like, world, right? All of it, Ken. Yeah, all of the world. But why can't we just get rid of the astral plane? And the then astral that plane holds all of your planes together. It is what surrounds your planes. You know when you go to the beach uh, and you scoop up all the water in a bucket? Jupiter, you... we've met before. My father didn't let me leave the library until I killed him. <sighs> My first stop was not a beach vacation. But I appreciate the parallel you're trying to draw. All right, well... 
Uh, you're... You know when you go to the beach? <laughs> no. No. I don't. So, I think we've all been trying to do that for many years. <laughs> Anthony never gave us a beach vacation. Yeah, we, it, <laughs> This would have made more sense had we done that. Thanks, Anthony. You're welcome. Uh, so the ethereal plane usually keeps him out usually unless he can crack it or there is a crack we can keep him out can we literally encase him in his own ethereal plane so thick he can't escape and then crush him under his own reality sucking weight as he runs out of things to convert literally encase him and starve him to death that's my plan <laughs> i don't know how worlds are made it's just a thought i don't know how he has managed to poke his way through the ethereal planes that he has found his way through he touches shadow through the ethereal plane. Mm -hmm. He touches your world through the ethereal plane. He was not able to do so directly, but in the barest amounts. My best estimation is that because he is made up, pieces of this place converted to shadow, he has retained some ability to pass through. To surround him in a plane of his own. To create a plane of existence and lock him in it. Could keep him contained for a time. Sir. I do not know how long. But his tendrils would likely reach out eventually. That, that doesn't... Since we can't destroy it, that doesn't sound like a terrible plan. Really? And what you when temporary, I feel like what we consider temporary is much different than what a god considers you know, temporary. You consider temporary. Is, is I mean temporary. Yeah. That it will not last forever. Right. What do you And what kind of heroes are we if we just make it somebody else's problem? A thousand years from now. We buy time. But I mean, that's what everyone has been doing for so long. And if step one is put him in a prison, we need to find a step two that is light that prison on fire. <laughs> light the inside of that prison on fire. Sure. Maybe um, after we don't have to fight it. Fire is a good point. Um, Iora, no, uh, Caliesto. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, <laughs> I beam. We were, we were told that creatures from the plane of sha of fire aren't affected by shadow. The elemental planes are different than the arcane planes, and they are different than the material plane. 
and they are different than the deep magic planes. Each is different from one another, but the elemental planes... The elemental planes were the only thing that were here when we arrived. There is a primality to them. A... something basic. That in a way makes pieces of them incorruptible. So we trap him on the plane of fire. The plane of fire may be incorruptible. But the ethereal plane around it is not. He was able to permeate the ethereal plane before. He could again. Again, that will buy you time. But it is not a permanent solution. But as I have said, I don't know if there is one. Why did you stop me? I watched this world change at his touch. And I saw you. You and your friends. And I looked at the worlds around this one. Hundreds of thousands of worlds like this one. In none of them did this creature do what it has done here. In all of them, you are important. You and your allies make a difference. Perhaps I should not have touched you. Perhaps I should not have reached out and pulled you as I did. Because when I did, I interfered in what was to come. But watching this unfold, I could not let one so swirled in fate be destroyed like that. But I thought gods weren't supposed to intervene. How? I am no god. So, okay. In other worlds, huh. your life and your death is important. It is a catalyst. It is a symbol. But your death at his hands would mean nothing. And I could not abide that. But you let Gillick be consumed. Gillick was not consumed. Gillick gave his life to change the nature of a celestial in an instant. His life has had an impact 
fate made his life matter. But what about Viltroth and what about just the random people who are perishing right now? Who are just... They are not you. They are not steeped in fate the way that you are. And maybe I should have waited to see what would have happened. To see how your power of fate clashed against his shadow. But I couldn't. Something made me stop. What what made Gillick corruptible and me not? Gillick and I were both here with the Shadow Lord at the same time together. There is a difference. I, you have asked this question incorrectly. There is something that made him, at his core, incorruptible, and you not. I did not stop him. But something made me stop you. Because if you gave yourself to save him, you would be gone. He was not. All right. That's... That's fair. What if we don't destroy the shadow, you guys? Well, I don't think we can, but what do you mean? No, like, what if we don't... Like, what if... What Gillick did is he accepted the shadow for what it was. A force. In the same way that people have accepted Kaliesto for what it is. A force. An all-seeing, ever-present, hands-off force. So what if there's something in that for the shadow? The shadow needs to find a place in the universe for itself, or we need to find a place for the shadow in the universe, I guess, that makes it... In the same way that the the Celestials and the Fae and the greater races and the Titans and the Planes of Magic and everything has its own space and its own value. I mean, I thought he was crazy, right? For years, Gillick would talk about the way to use shadow and the way everything has an element of darkness to it. What if we don't fight that? What if we find what Gillick was trying to find? Balance. 
I worry that the shadow lord we we call we call, we use the word shadow it is we could call it anything it isn't the shadow that we think of that you know the absence of light shadow by its very nature the shadow lord overwrites stuff it doesn't just observe or it doesn't just influence it doesn't change it doesn't accentuate it can't exist peacefully to allow it to do what it would wherever would overwrite whatever it's near is that true everywhere we created shadow because it is a model that reflects elements of reality. In all places, shadow does as Kath said. However, it is, it is an essential force. It is reality that one must deal with. In some ways, I think you speak wisdom, Gibetto when you say that finding a way to accept shadow is essential. But this creature, this shadow lord, is an anomaly. The way this creature behaves while it is in line with what shadow is at its core, it does so in a way so far beyond what shadow is meant to be. It has broken natural order. I don't know that you can bring it in line with the order of things, but if you can, I believe shadow is essential to the material plane, as essential as any of the deep magics is part of the fabric of the weave of what is the material plane. So, what would shadow look like if it wasn't as it like as the shadow lord made it? I guess I, my perspective is just so seeped with what this shadow lord has this done and the, the perversion of shadow. So, what what did balance look like? When the worlds were created, and shadow, celestial, and the fey realms came to be, they were empty worlds given rules. They had intention placed upon them. The, preacher, the creatures that came from that intention were not crafted by our hands. They were crafted by the will of magic in those places. I don't know that there has ever been balance here, 
nor do I know if balance could ever be achieved at all. That was never the intent. Not for perfect balance, not for equality, but to watch this model of life expand and to watch the pieces come together to form the material plane, to give it a chance. So, hypothetically, if we were to destroy Shadow, we found the way to do it, we had the perfect solution, and we perfectly eradicated Shadow from the world, what part of the world would change? Like, if we just get rid of Shadow, if Shadow is just gone forever, something has to be leaning on it. Something has to... It has to... If it's a fundamental force... It does something, and I think if this is a corrupted version of a fundamental force, we I'm trying to find what the fundamental best version of it is so that we can maybe bring it back, I guess? What is a world without shadow? When a child walks the material plane and it asks a question of its mentor, the mentor turns and tells the child of the wisdom that it has learned in its life. And that child takes that wisdom to heart and grows from it, expands beyond what that wisdom held. That passage of wisdom from one to the other, that is an act of shadow. There's no overwriting of one's memory, of one's understanding, or the memory or understanding of another. Hmm. It is how things progress and build, because one does not need to figure things out from the very beginning every time. But words and memories and stories and action are passed from person to person and built upon. It is culture, it is society that stems from shadow. Sounds like we'd learn, lose quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> <After. laughs> uh, fuck. <laughs> uh. Hey everyone, just a couple quick reminders. If you like the show, don't forget to tell your friends. And you can head over to patreon.com slash adventureinc and become a patron as well. You can also head to our website, adventureinkpod.com, for links to our social media and the store where you can find t-shirts, stickers, and more. That's all. We'll see you next week.
You all right, Mike? It looks like you hurt no. your back. My hip. You it's so tight. Ice. You want me to get you some ice? <laughs> tight. <laughs> what are you meaning when you say hip? I thought... As a doctor, um. you should know the parts of the body. <laughs> Here. That's, that's not your hip. Feels it. Your, most oh. people don't know. Like, like, not being mean. Like, that's, not, that's, not, that's not your hip. <laughs> most people, uh, speaking from experience, most people don't know where your hip is. Right. They don't. <laughs> So when people say that, I'm like, so what do you mean by that? And they're like, my fucking hip hurts. And I'm like, can you show me? And I'm like, okay, cool. Now I know what to do. Which is berate you about using hip wrong. Um, well, I want to help people. of this area as their hip makes it so well, that you should know what they're talking about when they reference their no, hip. No, no. There's many muscles in this area. Yeah, that but could be, people and I can do dumb. different things. Yeah, this is the one where you have to cross your legs and then like lean forward, and whatever the hip, not hip part is uh, that hurts me uh, feels better when it's on the back leg. Cool. Just so fucking you know what I mean? All I wanted. That's all I my, wanted. With I'm, I'm really glad answer. that Mike went to fucking school for eight years so he could tell us that hips aren't hips. Uh, this is great. <laughs> it's, uh, your hip hurts. Um, actually, I doubt it. <laughs> Isn't your hip? Uh, that's actually something else. I, entirely. The treatment is different if your hip great is hurting. Side manner from Mikey over here. He's killing <laughs> it. You have, which, like, how about this? Which part? A uh, point to the part of your hip that's especially hurting you. And then you don't have to call them idiots while you try to assess their, their pain. Yeah, but you also don't get to call them idiots. <laughs> this is why he's an anesthesiologist. No, Which part of your supposed... hip do you want numb? <laughs> Which part of your hip do you want to you? forget? Good night. Your hip hurts. <laughs> They're like, oh, oh, my hip hurts. You're like, cool, I'll make your hip numb. And then we'll see if your pain goes away, all right? <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, that's a thing. So that's... <laughs> So there's a diagnostic, like we'll, we'll, we'll numb up the area of which that you're saying, oh, this hurts. So we'll numb it up. And if it, the numb, like it actually helps you, then that's the area that's, you know, the problem versus if it doesn't help. It's probably your spine. It's probably something not that, not what you told me. <laughs> I feel like there's a better way to do that. No, there isn't because we no like a better way to explain like, hey. Commonly, you know, people experience pain in their hip. It actually is a different muscle, but it feels no, it's just like, like your process hip. of so elimination, right? This. Your hip's not a muscle. Try your butt, dude. Like, just let your people hip is hurt. the bone that used to stick out of the front of your body, but then you spend eight months in quarantine and now you can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's the it's a joint. It's a joint. Who knows? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Hips aren't real. They are The hips are real. You try to tell Shakira that hips aren't real. Her hey, hips Shakira, don't lie. Do you yeah. actually mean that this is the part of your body that doesn't lie? Can you point to the area, please? <laughs> Serious business.